Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning from wherever you are gathered, whether you are in your living room, maybe you're at one of our three campuses uh, in the room with other believers coming to lift up our voices in praise this morning. I want to start us off with a call to worship out of Psalm 103. It says this, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. It says in verse three, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things that we would come today. I just wanna challenge us as we come in. Maybe you're at that watch party or just in your living room and you just need to dwell upon the goodness of God. Maybe just for his grace, for his forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins that he is the healer, that he is our restorer, that he is our redeemer. And I just wanna invite you just where you're at. Maybe if there's a piece of paper, you could write it down, maybe audibly just in the room, you just say what you are thankful for. God, thank you for your forgiveness. God, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your provision. But as we align our hearts with him this morning, as we dwell upon his goodness, that that would stir in us affections for him as we start our morning out by praising him. And then we're gonna sing this together. We're gonna bless the Lord for all the reasons.
Yeah. 
Good morning, Abundant Life Church. I wanna welcome you from wherever you are joining us. Maybe you are at one of our watch parties uh, in Vancouver, Sandy, or in Happy Valley, welcome. Uh, maybe you are in your home uh, with your life group and you're having your own watch party at home. We wanna welcome you as well. Maybe you're just by yourself sitting on your couch. We are so glad that you are joining us from wherever you are joining us. Uh, my name is Scott Miller and I am the worship pastor uh, here at Abundant Life, the lead worship pastor. And I know you may be used to seeing me with a mic stand and a guitar in front of me. And honestly, uh, I, that is way more my comfort zone than this, but I am honored and privileged uh, to get the opportunity to talk to you today um, about worship. Uh, we are wrapping up a teaching series that we've been in called Kingdom Culture where we've been looking at the early church, the family of God, and how this group of people was living out their faith. What did this community look like? And what does that mean for us as a church in this current season? And we have been teaching out of the book of Acts, specifically in Acts 2. Uh, Pastor Bryce is gonna read that whole verse a little bit later in the service. Um, but I wanna hone in on part of verse 46 in that chapter. And it says this, they worshiped together at the temple each day. One of the rhythms that has been interrupted in this season of COVID is our ability to do what this verse is describing, worship together at church. 
And I, for one, wanna say that I join you in grieving and lamenting that loss. There is something so powerful when we get together as a church in a large gathering and in unity, lift up praise to God. I have had um, multiple opportunities on Saturdays. uh, My wife and I have a salsa stand. Um, She makes a salsa. Uh, and um, we sell it at the Happy Valley Farmer's Market. And this is not, I'm not saying this to plug her salsa, although it's delicious, and a shout out to the Happy Valley Farmer's Market. But um, we've had the opportunity to, to have so many conversations with those in our church community. And the overarching theme of all those conversations has been the lament of being able to gather together in community to sing songs. Um, and again, I echo that with you and grieve that loss. But I wanna ask this question today. Is it possible to worship God together in this season, even though the temple has restrictions? Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and the host was sharing um, about in the future, sharing with his grandkids this season, about this season. And he posed this question um, that could come from his grandchild that said, Grandpa, what was it like when the whole world got shut down? You see, we are creating these stories right now and there are a couple of narratives that we could be creating and he gave these two. See where you fit in on these. Uh, The first was this, I binged Netflix. I gained weight. I felt distant from God. I spent all my time injecting conspiracy theories on social media, et cetera. Anybody live there at all during these last few months? Um, I have definitely at times. But then he posed this second uh, narrative that we could be painting. And this is the second one, it said this. We grew closer as a family. I learned how to be still with Jesus. My faith grew and I stopped consuming and started being. I learned how to worship and it transformed my life from that point forward. The two completely different stories and we have the opportunity to intentionally create right now. And I do not say that at all to cause any shame, but my heart and my desire is to live in that second one. And I know I've spent time in that first one. And I would just challenge all of us this morning that I think what we need to do is broaden our definition of worship. The clearest, simplest definition of worship is ascribing worth. And true worship has never been confined to 20 minutes of singing on Sunday, but worship is all of life. And because of this, I feel confident to say that our need as Christians to worship God in spirit and in truth is as real today and right now as it has ever been and ever will be. Worship has not been put on hold. And in addition to being an act of obedience, worship puts everything in creation in the perspective which God intended it to be. And so whatever our circumstance may be, choosing to worship takes our eyes off of our problems and on to Jesus. In a world filled with uncertainty, amen? Worship pushes our attention past our questions and fixates our hearts on the one who holds the answers. And I believe that God is calling us into a deeper expression of worship. And he wants us to use this season to show us more of himself in a way that our larger gathering cannot accomplish. And so what does that look like? I want us to spend some time in Romans 12, one through two, and this is out of the message. um, And it says this, so here's what I want you to do. 
God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to our culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. A well-formed maturity, deeper than a song, but with our whole lives, all of life is worship. And this is not the first time that God delivered this message. In Deuteronomy 6, four through nine, it says this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Do you see the similarities between those two verses? But there is one huge difference. And the difference is we now have the Holy Spirit. We now have access to God all of the time. And the Holy Spirit came to allow us to worship all of the time. Worship leader Rita Springer had this to say about finding God in this season. I've never known a God who would not meet us more intimately when two or three are gathered. He said that he would be there. Now I love the building of church, but it cannot be my source. I think what if healings in families began in honest conversations around cushions with crumbs bouncing on the floor? What if, the intimate, what if in the intimate numbers, he showed up and healed chronic back pain, insomnia, and maybe cancer while apple juice spilled on counters? What if we saw more fire in the home than we've ever seen in the church? I want that, and I'm going to believe for that. Where are you, Jesus? Oh, you're in the kitchen waiting for me to make lunch? Okay, I'm headed that way. What if we broadened our view of worship and instead of maybe biding our time until this passes, we pressed in and we went deeper? What if we began to look for God in the everyday, ordinary life? You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life. He is here. He is here in this moment. He is here with you in your living room. He is here with you in the building. He is here with you 24 seven. There was a powerful reflection of prayer that I heard this week that I think captures the heart of what God wants to do in this season. And it said this, it says, I hope this process will awaken our hearts to the sacred, will loosen our attachment to the shiny, jolt us into new respect for freedom, transition our faith in faith to faith in God, inspire gratitude in us for the simple and the small. Remind us that Jesus is our source, not our servant. Expose any wealthy worries as the thorny fruit of privilege. Unmask entertainment that has been masquerading as discipleship. 
redefine contentment with more sustainable and attainable ingredients. Burn off unhealthy fat that has collected around you and weighed down our faith. Empower us to never again mistake abundance for obedience or emotion for devotion. Shock us with spiritual shallowness and drive us anew to the depths of God's word. Reveal anything that though it may sell well in Western Christianity, isn't strong enough to stand on. What are we standing on in this season? Is it the rock, the firm foundation that is unshakable and unmovable? Let us not miss the opportunity that is in front of us, an opportunity to meet God in a different, I would say a deeper, richer way. And that we would not miss the same God that we sing about on Sunday and meet in groups to talk about and recognize that he is with us 24 seven and wants to be involved in all of our life. It is all worship. And so I, I wanted to give us time before we head into the next part of our message, which is gonna be on communion, to take a moment to just reflect, to just reflect upon this idea of all of life being worship. Maybe we press pause. Maybe we've been struggling to meet with God in this season. And maybe we've just been waiting to get back to normal. I would invite you during this time to maybe repent of that, to maybe just to ask God to replace that, that pause with a desire to meet God now. That God could take this season that seems like isolation and a lack of worship and to show himself to us in a way that he couldn't previously that we would ask him to open our hearts and our eyes to his presence among us. I believe that as we start to press into this, that when we gather again, however that looks, that our expression of worship will be so powerful because it will not be reliant on a song to be sung, but it will be rooted and grounded in the God that we follow. So let's take some time to respond to that this morning. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Though I'm not here for blessings Jesus you don't owe me anything well, more than anything that you can do I just want you and I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry When I just sing another song Take me back to where we started Will I open up my heart to you? 
And I'm sorry When I've come with my agenda I'm sorry When I forgot that you're enough Would take me back to where we started Will I open up my heart to you? And I'm caught up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Though I'm not here for blessings And Jesus, you don't owe me More than anything that you can do, Lord, I just want you. Well, I just want you and nothing else, and nothing else, and nothing else will do. Well, I just want you and nothing else, and nothing else, and nothing else will do. What an amazing time of worship. Thanks for being with us. I'm gonna continue uh, in this time of worship as we, can, as we talk about communion or the Lord's Supper. You know, when I, when I think about the Lord's Supper um, and, and especially the Last Supper up in the upper room, uh, I love to imagine myself into the story and to put myself there and, and just to, to picture what they would look like and what they might be talking about. You know, the side conversations, the other things that just don't make it into the text of the Bible. And that kind of stuff helps it all come alive for me. 
And of course, this is um, this Last Supper is taking place um, during Passover, and the disciples and Jesus are uh, planning to share and have their Passover meal together. And and this is a time where there's a lot of stuff going on, but I want to focus specifically on this moment in time where those um, you know Jesus and his disciples are together in the upper room having the, what becomes really our first communion. And um, so Jesus, he, he understood that his time here on earth was coming to an end. And, and, and I can only imagine as a parent what that might feel like because when I teach my kids things, um, I wanna make sure that, that what, I, what I'm teaching them is gonna stick and that, that someday I'll be gone. And, and I wanna know, will they remember what I've taught them. Those important lessons that as parents, we're, we're just thinking, please just get this one thing, you know? And, and so I imagine that these thoughts are going through Jesus' head because, you know, they had spent all this time together. Here he knows that soon he won't be with them. This group of guys is responsible for carrying his message to the world. And so I just think, what is, what is he doing? What's he thinking as he's uh, going through his head to to imagine what the time is going to be like in the upper room and what he might say. Well, it, it wasn't like they just happened into the upper room. Uh, they, they, there was a plan. And, and so we see here in Luke 22 and verse 8, it says that Jesus sent Peter and John ahead. And he said, hey, go and prepare the Passover meal so that we can eat it together. So that they had planned it out. They knew that they were going to go and do this. And, and I always think, too, um, when, I'm, when I'm imagining this Last Supper, well, the, the disciples and Jesus had lots of meals together. So, um, you know, I, I don't really, other than the fact that it was a Passover meal, I don't know if they were really expecting more, you know, and, and they maybe were just accustomed to eating with him. And, and so I just kind of like to think through that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it's like they may have become um, so used to eating with Jesus that it was just another meal. And I think that we also, as the church, we can get to that point with communion. And I think that for a lot of us, if we're really honest, communion becomes just a part of a service. And somehow it became a part of a service where we're all sitting in rows instead of a, a meal around a nice table. And so my question is, how do we keep something that we do regularly from becoming just a ritual? You know, and, and so, you know, how do I, I mean, how do we keep it from be something that we just go through the motions and do? And I think that the answer to that is that we discover the meaning of what we're doing, and then we protect that meaning. You see, um, when, when I see and I think of the, the scene in the, in the upper room, Jesus is teaching the intimacy of the Lord's Supper. He's spending time with his disciples. He's, he's, uh, he's not in a hurry. I never see a, 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 a time in the Bible when Jesus is in a hurry. And, and so um, I think we see evidence of this, what he taught the disciples in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, because the church in Acts is really living out kind of this this kind of um, approach to the Lord's Supper. I'll read it for you. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to, the, and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. 
a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I don't know about you, but this is kind of like this perfect picture of the church, right? How, how, I mean, we can choose to focus on a few things here, and, and you might be thinking, well, you know what? This has been a crazy year for the church. We, we are kind of in a tailspin. We haven't been able to meet. Like they've been, it says here that they got to meet in the temple each day, and we haven't been able to do that throughout this year. And, and we can focus on that, or we can actually look a little bit deeper. And I think the interesting things to focus on here in this passage is, first of all, in verse 42, where it says they were sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and they were praying together. And as Christ followers, we need to be constantly praying for one another. And, and also at the, in verse 46, where it says that they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So twice in this passage, they're talking about sharing meals. And so to me, that comes from Jesus' teaching from that upper room and saying, hey, I want you to be together and eat together. And again, um, you know, we have come to, to do communion, if you will, in rows, in a service, in a church building, where, where the original communion, the original Lord's Supper, happened around a table, just like this. You know, see, even through this year, with like life looking really different, um, most of us haven't missed very many meals. In fact, if you're like me, you may have added a few <laughs> to meals to your, to your day. Um, many of those meals have also included bread, and wine. Um, you know, you may have enjoyed some of these meals uh, with intimate groups of people, friends and family, and it might have looked really similar to what the Last Supper looked like, you know. And I keep this in mind, and it encourages me that when I share a meal or an intimate moment with someone who's close to me, it connects me to Jesus. And I, I, I take great encouragement from that. I want to look back uh, at Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20, and focus for a little bit on the elements that Jesus chose to use in the Lord's Supper. It says this, it says, He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper... He took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So if I could go back and look at this really quickly, he says a couple things that, that stand out to me. First is, do this in remembrance of me. A second ago, we talked about how do we have something uh, that we do regularly not become a ritual. And I think when we remember the reason why we're doing that thing, it becomes less of a box to check and we focus on the original intent and, and the intent of the Lord's Supper 
is to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Also, what kind of sticks out to me is where it says, after supper, he took another cup of wine. So that means that this Lord's Supper, this, this time together, it took that exactly that time. There was no rush. They were together. They were eating. They were drinking. They were talking. And they were spending time in communion with each other. And we still have that available today. We can scale it back. We can make it small, just like Jesus did. You know, bread and wine are, are simple elements, and they have stood the test of time. They've been there in the beginning, and they're still here today. And, and when Jesus used common elements like these, it didn't make these specific elements more important. But, but the meaning assigned to these elements is absolutely important. You see, the bread that Jesus talked about and the, and the, the wine that he talked about took on new meaning. And, and, and now we can remember his instructions when we remember and when we partake of these elements. And just like this bread and wine, we also get to experience the same kind of transformation. See, we come broken, but, but we leave as a new creation. He makes us a new creation. And that uh, invitation is, is available for anyone and everyone. And in a second, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and we're going to uh, transition into a song. And this song is called New Wine. And it starts out by saying, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. You know, life isn't easy. None of it has been easy recently. But uh, as we're crushed, as we're pressed, we can take encouragement that we are being made into something new. And Jesus is what does that in our lives. He create, He takes us, this broken thing, this broken vessel, and he makes a new creation out of it. And um, I just think that's incredible. And today, I want to encourage you to take some time. Maybe it's right now. Maybe you're at a watch party and you're going to have communion. Maybe you're going to do this later on. And you just say, hey, I'm going to do this with, with my family or, or a small group of, of friends. But, but take the time and enjoy this meal and remember. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we come to the table today and we remember. We come to have a meal with you. We recognize that, that we haven't done any of the work to get to you. It is all you. We come as broken vessels and you make us new creations and give us new purpose. We come and we remember that what you have done, that, that making us new is because of your sacrifice on the cross and your, your resurrection from the grave. Lord, we, we thank you for this and we ask that you help us to see the Lord's Supper as an intimate time to connect with you. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. In the crashing, in the 
Jesus. 